Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Back to the law book we go. We're on to the U's, beginning with Ogre. Legends say that a mighty and immortal guardian spirit known as Ogre keeps watch over Tar Lake and the secrets that have long lay hidden in the depths of the perilous mire of ancient Ardivarian origin. The name Ogre roughly translates to I am what was. According to the various legends concerned with Augra, and the accounts of several notable adventurers, the guardian spirit of Tar Lake most commonly assumes the form of a giant tar beast that rises out of the bubbling morass to do battle with those bold enough to encroach upon its domain. The same legends maintain that Ogawa is not himself itself a single spirit, but instead of a collective of the spirits of all who have perished in the infernal, rolling depths of Tar Lake. Spooky. Obrock Baywad. Many, many historians credit the master elementalist Obrock Baywad as the last true steward of Fogbra, he served as a steward of the cursed wood, waging a constant battle against the creeping evil. Against the creeping evil that sought to press the borders of the forest from his family's ancestral home, imposing Woodland's fortress known as Castle Bellwood. Nearly 200 years ago, Ombrek is said to have met an untimely death at the hand of an ancient and powerful forest evil. His only son, a master spellcaster named Umdral, is believed to have fled the castle following his father's death, thus breaking the line of stewardship. Umdral Bellwood Although he's believed to have served as steward of Fogra for several months, most historians credit Umdo's father, Umbrak, with being the last steward of the cursed wood. Nearly 200 years ago, Umbrak Bellwood is said to have met an untimely depths at the hand of an ancient and powerful forest evil. Umdral, a master in several magical disciplines, and his father's only son, believed to have fled Castle Bailwood slowly after the incident, thus breaking the line of stewardship. History has remembered Umdral as a coward, and his flight from his family's ancestral home following his father's death has served to tarnish the Bailwood name. And now, Uprooter, these org-sized bipeds have thick, scaly hide, and of the combined physical might of approximately seven forest trolls. How did they find that out? Did they have them do a tug of war? <laughs> do they do they have test strength testing machines? Or do they just, just have a series of increasingly heavy rocks just lined up in front of in front of the uprooter just to see how much it could lift? Okay, it managed to lift that rock, but it couldn't lift that rock. Okay, the uprooter has this much strength. Good, good. Now let's see. Yep, yep. Seven times as much as the as the medium strength of a forest troll. Although only six times as much as the mean strength, because the mean is up. The mean strength of a forest troll is uh, it's sort of skewed by this really strong one I met just a couple of weeks ago. These powerful beasts are named for their tendency to uproot trees, 
to make matters worse, with a particularly foul disposition. Now on to the V, Vale of Wardens. Oh, nope, nope, turns out that's not there. Vaquin. For his name was long synonymous with deceit and trickery, the master mage known as Vaquin has in recent years come to be regarded as a legendary hero and adventurer. Those, however, who still to refer to him using such terms as scoundrel and rogue, and sometimes worse. Vakrin is also commonly referred to as a trickster because of the powerful magic he secreted away in many of the items he enchanted. Perhaps the most famous of his trick items is the legendary wing of Motley Wonder. This magical platinum wing, not seen for centuries, is said to be engraved with the silhouetted head and shoulders of four sinister-looking figures, and to possess a vast, vast array of mysterious and potent magic that can be unlocked by its wearer. Vakuan disappeared nearly two, six centuries ago, although the tale surrounds his unexplained departure always seemed to indicate he left the wing of Motley Wonder behind, but does where? No one knows. Adventurers passing through Griffin Crags, a rugged, forested forest region in, in central Tosa, have reported discovering the wounds of what they believed to have been one of one of Rackland's, Rackland's five towers, all of which were dust were raised just prior to his mysterious disappearance six hundred years ago. Yep, Volgoroth the Wretched. Long a repugnant fixture in the commerce that transpires in and passes through Trivic. The vile, scheming, immensely wild-towned merchant known affectionately as Volgoroth the Wretched is a figure those fear-inspired clout is matched, matched only by the dire extent of his unearthly bulk. Before Thane Poland was granted the authority to oversee Trithic, Volgorov and a tight circle of his closest confederates enjoyed almost complete authority over the city, surpassing the power of Trithic's governing council and even that of the mighty Wither Guild. Following Thane Poland's arrival, and the subcrescent disbanding of the city's governing council. The Thane and the Witherguild have worked to make certain the influence wielded by Velgroff and his cohorts is effectively marginalised. Despite this setback, Velgroff remains a figure of considerable wealth and influence who continues to ply his various schemes, endeavours and enterprises from behind the thick, moss-covered walls of an old watchtower on the edge of Galdorung's End in Trithic's northern district. I'm guessing the only reason Thane Porin doesn't just, you know, have him arrested is he knows that if he does, there'll just be a whole lot of fighting for someone trying to take his place. And he's not in a position to deal with all that stuff yet. Volgoroth is a giant of a man who possesses formidable strength, a quick temper, a near impossible girth, and a penchant for resorting to brutal, violent tactics to bend others to his will. Those, those less than scrupulous affairs bring them into contact with Twithick's teeming underbelly are well aware of the fact that many who have dangerously run afoul of Velgoroth have simply disappeared. Venom Tail These black, hand-sized, venomous, armoured insects have, have, have a long, spiny tail, for the end of which protrudes a deadly stinger. Should you ever encounter a Venom Tail, Try to stay clear of the stinger. Of course, turning and heading off in the opposite direction is probably your best bet. Alright. Vile Possessor. Among the most feared of the dead, 
due to their ability to assume control of the living creatures they have come into contact with are possessors. One of the more feared forms of these undead abominations are called vile possessors. Vile possessors typically haunt only the most secluded places where they have the ability to possess the minds of humans and other creatures. Only very rarely do they venture out of their claimed lairs in search of souls to take possession of. It is said that powerful sorcerers versed in the black art of necromancy may be able to utilise certain mediums that will allow for the summation and control of various types of possessors, including the dreaded vile possessor. Okay. Thought Thornfall. Of all the nightmarish denizens of the undead world, the Vornfall is among the most feared. This powerful, malevolent ghoul is the embodiment of the vengeful spirit of a long-dead Vorenthian who was entombed alive in a specially constructed tomb as punishment for the vile, extreme, vile nature of his or her crimes. So twisted with hatred and utterly bent on vengeance against the persecutors were those entombed Vorenthian that, when they at last expired, alone in the darkness of their tombs, their forsaken souls were hurled into the shadowy depths of the Neverness. Believe that the spirits of many of these entombed Vorenthian were able to return to the world of Swift and reunite with their deceased physical form through the use of a shadow path. Therefore, it is often assumed that where a Vaughan Fall is to be found, a shadow path is likely not far away. And that's double bad news. It should be known that Vaughan Fell will vary in appearance, maybe either male or female, who they will typically have the form of a rotting corpse, often garbed in long, flowing black robes, the garb of criminals in ancient Vorenthian society. The fingertips of all Vaughan Fall are set with long, curved, black claws, which, which it will use very effectively as weapons. These undead menaces exert a strong control over other lesser undead, and they use this control to protect their lair, usually their tomb. One should expect to find any number of horrifying undead stalking about the lair of Vaughan Fall. Normally, a Vorenfall will not seek to leave its lair, and indeed has no knowledge of the world it is returned to. Despite the strong desire for vengeance that drove it here, instead, these horrific undead choose to dwell in their lairs, again, usually their tombs, undisturbed by the world outside. From time to time they may stray from their lair, but six excursions will usually be brief and will not cover a great distance. The Vaughan Force seeks seclusion in its lair, a tomb where its days among the living came to such a lonesome and gruesome end. Despite their fearsome reputation, Vaughan Fall go to great lengths to conceal their lairs and close them off from the world of the living. They usually seek to reseal and reconceal their lairs in the event they are discovered by the living. O only when the lair of a Vaughan Fall has been discovered and violated does it present a danger to the outside world. That danger will remain for as long as the lair remains unsealed. The Vaughan Fall has not only the ability to control undead creatures, but also to raise the dead, and can raise any formerly living creature into its service. Oh dear, now that, that is bad, that is bad. The real danger posed by a Vaughan Fall is the undead the creature controls. The undead under the control of Vaughan Fall will often wander great distances from the creature's lair. The lair has been violated. 
they can and can obviously pose a serious threat to humans in the vicinity. A powerful aura of fear surrounds the roar and fall. An aura powerful enough to shake the spirit of even the most stalwart. Indeed, there are few among the living who would dare brave an encounter with a Vaughan full in its lair. Vaughan full are immune to all normal magical weapons. All normal weapons. A magical weapon is required to damage this creature. It should be noted that Shadow Pass that bore the violent fall passage back to the to Swift from the Nevelus remain open in the lair. An open shadow path in the lair of a Vaughan Fall is very dangerous, for it allows the Vaughan Fall to summon undead from the depths of the Nevelus to do its bidding. It is assumed that the Vaughan Fall himself will pass back and forth through the shadow path at will. Destroying a Vaughan Fall will close any shadow paths that exist in its lair. It is unlikely that more than one of these powerful undead will ever be discovered inhabiting the same lair. Vaughan Fall seek to dominate and control less than one dead being, and at no time will the wicked spirit subsume, submit to the will of another. There have been many tales and legends throughout the ages of brave adventurers who have stumbled upon hidden Fuenfium tombs and discovered the lair of a Vaughan Fall. Some of these tales tell of unearthly treasures contained within the tomb. Perhaps things brought forth from the infinite Neville realms by the Vaughan Fall and his minions. It is also wildly assumed that many of the adventurers and others who happened happened upon the lair of Vaughan Fall quickly saw an end to their days among the living. Less than scrupulous mages are often interested to learn about the location of a suspected Vaughan Fall lair for the simple reason it may contain one or more active shadow baths, which of course have a lot of potential to do a lot of bad stuff. Now we encountered a Vaughan Fall in the Secret of Stoneback Hill's adventure. So you can scroll down a lot and find that, or, or however it is, and then you can you can just see what it's like to actually fight one. And all its many, 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 many minions. Vorentian. The Vorentian and the Ardivari, the first and only two races of men to ever appear on Swift. Both these ancient races were seed-faring folk who sailed out of the north and arrived in northern Swift in the middle of the epoch that historians now refer to as the Age of Storms. Ancient lore tells of a great cataclysm that took place to the north over the Sundering Sea in lands uncharted. In the wake of this profound disaster, both the Vorinthian and the Ardavari were forced to flee south, braving the vastness of the ocean, until at last they arrived on the shores of northern Swift. The Vorinthian were a warlike people, swift to anger, ever distrustful of the Ardavari, the Ardavari had in their midst sorcerers who managed to master the magical energy abundant in the new world. Vrentian could not harness this magical energy and they were forever resentful of the Ardavari for the advantages its power gave them. While the Ardavari spread far and wide throughout the world of Swift, the Vrentian became bogged down in disputes and wars among themselves. Thus, while the Ardavari civilization thrived and spread its influence, the civilization of Vorenfian barely managed to survive. Physically, the Vorenfian look very much like the Ardavari, save that their hair is always jet black. The pupils and irises of their eyes are the same jet black, giving them a very giving them a very distinct look that is difficult to disguise. 
Today, the realm of Hadrigon is the only place on Swith where the true descendants of the Renthian make their home. Oh, so there, there we are. And then, Vosk. Vosk is the capital of Nador and its only major city. It is here that Megrun, Nador's current Grand Protector, holds court in the heavily fortified Thalandral Keep. Rolandra's curse, named after the wicked overlord of Seer, who plunged to his death on atop the city's battlements in a dramatic suicide several hundred years ago. This band of street thieves has long been a thorn in the side of law and order. Led by a disgraced former knight, Lady Twavinta, this well-organised collective of rogues fiercely defends what it considers to be its prowling grounds from all perceived threats. Some of Seer's most notorious and deadly criminals fill out the ranks of this dangerous band. Vyramar, one of the archmages who dwelt and practiced his craft in Tarn, Vyramar became suspicious of the designs of the city's leader, the sorcerer lord known as the Tarn Hearn. It is believed that Vyramar, a master elementalist, was secretly organizing an effort to overthrow the Tarn Hearn when the plot was suddenly uncovered. Moving swiftly, Tarnhurn ordered Vyramar's immediate banishment to a realm hidden deep within the Nevelus, a fate the wily mage escaped by fleeing Tarn never to return. Despite Vyramar's disappearance, the vault he had long planned came to fruition and ultimately cast out the Tarnhurn. Sadly, however, the uprising began what would become the demise and eventual abandonment of Tarn. Alright, now on to the W's. Wardens. Nope. No link for that. Warfoot. Situated on the eastern edge of Grey Warren, the village of Warfoot is home to a small but hardy populace that thrives in the harsh conditions commonplace in such a remote corner of the kingdom. The village was founded centuries ago by the famed explorer and trader Elzorath Warfoot. A towering statue seer stands in the centre of the village. The inhabitants of Warfoot, like those throughout Grey Warren, are naturally suspicious of outsiders, but fiercely loyal to those who earn their respect and friendship. Way of Crend. This ancient highway runs from the city of Aspear to the city of Zard. Gets its name from the legend of an ancient warrior named Quend, who is said to have driven a legion of fearsome dragons from Swift in ages past. Though tales still abound about the days when the road was a haven for bandits who, who preyed upon its travellers. Increased patrols by the armed forces of Aspear and Zad have ushered in a new era of safety. Still, the world is long, and between Aspir and Stad, there still exists some of the most wild and expansive ex wilderness to be found in Northern Swift. Alright. Ah. Hmm. Let me, I'm just going to check something. Does that link go anywhere? Does clicking Zard. The city-state of Zyar has gained much of its infamy throughout the realms over the last several centuries for the brand of harsh dusty it hangs, hands down to lawbreakers. Yet this one isn't in the alphabetical list. The city is run by a military government, which is headed by the War Minister. The current War Minister of Zard is a man by the name of Vorkin. The War Minister is chiefly responsible for overseeing Zard's powerful military and presiding over the laws that govern the city. Most of the city's day-to-day -day operational affairs are attended to by a council chosen by the War Mister. 
There are many crimes in Zard for which death is the punishment. Thanks to the harsh brand of justice practiced in Zard, crime in the city is virtually non-existent. Okay, way of Wildy toad. Uh, the wildy toad is a large brownish toad, often growing to a weight of 40 pounds or more. They are extremely docile creatures who eat only insects and small rodents. And old legend declares that it's bad luck, not to mention slightly cruel, to kill a wildy toad. Well, then we better not kill any wildy toads then. Wind warrior. These elemental warriors are carved out of thin air. They're among the lesser guardians of the elemental realm of air. Wind carver. These ancient Varanthian weapons, seldom deployed in the current age due to the difficulty in crafting them and the skill required to use them, are both versatile and deadly. The typical wind carver commonly referred to as a boomerang throughout the North Broadlands, consists of a piece of flat, carved, curved wood, honed and balanced, and may accurately be thrown at great distance. Tradition, traditionally, the outside edge of a wind carver was fitted with a thin metal blade that made being struck by the weapon a dangerous, often fatal encounter. Though mostly utilised for its ranged attack abilities, wind carvers are versatile and can be wielded by a skilled combatant as a melee weapon. Alright then. Winter Wolf. These large wolves, some nearly twice the size of their lesser kin, are typically found in colder slash frozen climates. Their domains are vast and varied. In winter or in cold climates, the fur of these wolves is stark white, when other times it is deep grey. Aggressive and intelligent, winter wolves hunt in packs and like to encircle and assail large prey in unison, tactically timing their attacks to overwhelm a foe's defences. Legend has it that being bitten by a winter wolf and living to tell the tale makes the victim especially susceptible to the effects of cold. Winter wolf pelts are renowned for their ability to insulate and are thus prized by Thoreas. Winter Wyan Tree These tall and extremely dense broadleaf hardwoods get their name from the harsh environments in which they are known to survive. Once a favourite source of material for enchanters, due to their inherent ruggedness and natural beauty, winter irons have become increasingly scarce over the last couple of centuries, making items crafted from their wood extremely valuable. Winter Sigh. This potent, blood-warming spirit can be found throughout the North Broadlands, but is commonly quaffed in the Kingdom of Warsile particularly during the colder months. Witherer. These horrifying undead are the restless spirits of the very wicked. Witherers, tip Witherers typically inhabit rotting corpses, but the fiendish creatures have been known, in rare instances, to take over living hosts. The, ha the touch of a Witherer can drain the strength of an opponent. This siphoned energy is then employed by the spirit to heal its own wounds. Withelers are just as likely to be encountered in amongst a large group of the undead as they are to be they are roaming about on their own. Wogglers. This sin the sinister wogglers, black and green skinned frogmen, hailing from an unknown realm deep in the nebulous of the subject of several legends, though many adventurers discount their existence. Well, I can't do that, because apparently uh, Zoop's their god now. And that's hopefully nothing will come of that, because that would just be awkward. Wolfkin. The origin of these vicious 
humanoid wolf creatures is not known and it assumes they're the product of dark magic. Wolfkin are purely evil in nature, haunting the wild and remote corners of the world, often in the service of an evil, mysterious master. While they can be encountered alone, they are most often found in packs, much like regular wolves. For every large group of wolfkin, there is normally a powerful member of the species that serves as leader. Woodhulk. These massive, grey-skinned humanoids are nearly twice the size of an ogre. Their giant-like strength, coupled with deadly fang-filled jaws and fierce Fierce, brutal nature make them among the most feared denizens of the world. Some believe that woodhawks are related to trolls, though equally as many folks dispute the claim. Luckily, woodhawks are quite rare, and the chances you will ever run into one are very slim. Or I would be if I wasn't some sort of danger magnet. Wicks, works in. Yeah, this is this is one of those ones that's very hard to pronounce. There's, there's, there's no vowels. There's no vowels at all. There's two Y's, but there's no vowels. The master spellcaster, an expert on armed combatant, known only as Wilkswin, lived nearly one thousand years ago in the small, lawless province of what is now part of Western Vladon. A master of unarmed hand-to-hand -hand combat. Rickson held a strong aversion to the use of weapons and reportedly never carried or made use of any. With the help of a powerful sorcerer, Rickson forged several enchanted wings, each of which allowed the wearer to be able to inflict damage on entities that would otherwise be only be struck by weapons of a magical nature. Yep, so with those wings, you can punch a ghost. Or fire. Or the wind. Or many other things. Xylemore. The only X. Because not many things begin with X. And most of the things you think begin with X actually begin with E. <laughs> Xylemore, this hideous hybrid race, combines the upper yellow skin torso, arms and head of a goblin, with the lower portion, abdomen and eight legs, of a massive, a massive black spider, believed to be extinct. These foul, malevolent creatures were most certainly the product of an ancient experiment in dark magic. Oh, those wizards. Always combining things that shouldn't be combined. I know. Hmm. Troll. Spider. Troll. Spider. What if we combine them together? <laughs> the Xylomorph were formidable and uh, were and are formidable and aggressive combatants and were capable of dual wielding black swords which were crafted out of a near impervious substance which they excreted from their bulbous abdomens. The underside of each Zanamore abdomen also bore a circular silver spot on which these horrid creatures could unleash a magical lightning attack. According to the legends that surround these creatures, Xylemore possessed the ability to repel magic. It is believed that the last holdouts of this vicious species perished on the northern plains of Hadragon nearly a thousand years ago. But apparently either someone made new ones or they weren't all out. Or someone did the same crazy experiment again. Because there were some on Songard Island. Because of course they were. Because it's Songard. And everything is always the worst it can be.
on song guard. Yathwu. Little is known about the short, bald, black-bearded man known only as Yathwu, save that his seemingly random appearances are usually connected with events that are best nefarious and worst utterly sinister. It is believed that Yathwu hails from Tosa, perhaps the northwest corner of the kingdom, but beyond that, the details of his life and deeds remain scant and cloaked in mystery and wild conjecture. Should you run into Yarfu during your adventures, you are advised to remain on your guard. I don't remember any Yarfu. Uh, maybe he was made for some event that never came to pass. That can't happen. The Yeltham Crew, the sinister band of thieves and murderers known as the Yeltham Crew. Named for the village of Yeltham in Tysa, where they originally originated, are infamous across the entire breadth of the North Broadlands. Once an arm of the, fi arm of the feared organisation known as the Night Whisterers, the Yeltham crew struck out on their own in Tannis and soon became a powerful force in the city's underworld. After many years in Tannis, the group was finally run to the ground by the Tyson military and the city guards, but were thought to have been eradicated. Recently, however, rumour has it that the group has resurfaced in Twithic and is being headed by a mysterious figure that commands both fear and respect. Yer Talon The ruins of the ancient temple of Yer Talon lie in the midst of the forest of Tannum south and east of the city of Talanus, built over a thousand years ago in honour of Swithak, the Allfather. The temple was long ago abandoned by his followers and has fallen into decay and ruin. From time to time, various groups of, of undesirable creatures, most notably goblins, ogres and even Tarzal, have inhabited the temple ruins. Which are something we should deal with. Darthal. A mewardering dust dragon. Who took up residence in the forest of northwest Tulsa. Darthal was slain by a dragon hunting expedition. Led by Thane Poland of Tulsa. Of course he's slain dragons. And he's only 30. He's done, it. He's done a lot of stuff. Not... Tally's level of stuff, but a lot. By law, the treasure hoard that was discovered in the Dust Dragon's lair was to become the property of Tysa's king, King Renwald. Through a long-standing rumour has it that Thorin's hunting party presented the king with only a small portion of the actual hoard. <laughs> Sneaky. Zawagod the Vanquisher. A powerful undead being that has roamed the shadowy world of the Neverness for ages uncounted, Zawaglog inspires fear in those who oppose him, oppose him and those commanded to do his bidding. Zawaglog can assume several forms, for it is most common for him to take on the appearance of a small, tall, robed skeletal mage. Many Neverwars at realms. Perhaps several realms or worlds outside the Neverness have known the cruel malice of this powerful undead lord and have been laid to waste beneath the feet of his dark forces. Zawamog. This brutal goblin warrior, whose speciality is the bow and the broadsword, is the brother of the legendary war chief, chief. Tawangar the Axe. It is rumoured that Zawamog and Tawavgar had a rather nasty falling out in recent years. The two mountain goblins now view one another as bitter rivals for power among the scattered goblin bands wandering the fringes of the kingdom. It has long been believed both Zawamog and Tawangar particular thirst for vengeance against Thane Pond of Tysa. <laughs> he turns up a lot. A lot in this little book. 
Porn is thought to have slain their father, the legendary Orgothok, back when he was a Tyson army scout patrolling the kingdom's western frontier. Alright, that's Zaramog. Yeah, uh, well, we've had an encounter with him back in Seven Goblins Part 3. Zarathmor. The realm of Zarathmor. Zarathmor resides deep in the Nevernus on a perpetually spinning arm of quasi reality known as the Shadow Far Old. It is here, in Miss Zarathmor's vast, sun poisoned expanse, that the mighty Zatharuk, time bender, retains his interminable and tyrannical reign, Zarathuk, and most often appears in the form of a massive red shelled crab, is believed to be a greater demon of immense power, said to possess the ability to bend and control time, despite its seemingly omnipotence. Both within his realm and beyond, Zarathuk has faced challenges to his crude, crude authority over the last several centuries. Most notably from a ragged band of renegade insectoids known as the Clawed Witch. Oh, that's, oh, I want that so much. Woundskin once attempted to conquer Zarathmore, but quickly found himself outmatched at every turn by Zarathuk. Those time-bending powers nearly traps the immortal ogre in an unescapable neverworld dimension. Oh, if only he had. If only he had. Because, well, yeah, well, admittedly, stopping. That would leave Zathamore a lot, but he doesn't... Well, I don't know. I don't know who's the bigger threat. But I know Woundskin is a threat to the people I care about, so... Alright, hmm. uh, Zadzuin. Once the greatest knight in the kingdom of Laedon, the mighty and beloved Zadzuin fell victim to the vicious curse of a vengeful dragon, the mighty Juin Nol. The curse slowly and painfully took its toll on the mighty warrior, changing him from a grand and revered figure in the kingdom to a bent, withered and hateful creature. Zazuin had set out to slay during Noel, using a powerful artifact he'd recently come into possession of, the Wand of Dragonfire. According to legend, it was the Wand of Dragonfire that was used by the band of brave adventurers who eventually defeated the wicked dragon lord. The wand is believed to have been, been shattered by Jiren Nor's followers, following his untimely demise, and its remains it remains hidden away in his secret tomb. Zazuin fled and hid himself in the wilds following the onset of his curse. Many accounts tell of him spending his remaining years in the forests of western Telsa, hidden away from the realm of man, the world he once fearlessly defended, the very world that now shunned and despised him. The hidden lair of Zadzuin, where the cursed fallen knight spent the remainder of his life, has long been a matter for speculation. Though it is commonly believed that his construction was facilitated by a powerful sorcerer, who remained his loyal friend to the end of his days. Also, part of Zadzuin's legend is, is the notion that within his lair lies the means by which to reconstruct the Wand of Dragonfire. Zirigul. The legendary warrior Zirigul. His name, an ancient Avaldi word that roughly translates to Bearer of Grand Destiny, spent his relatively short life driving back the monstrous hordes that oppressed the borders of the ever-expanding realm of man in the early years of the previous age. Hailing from parts unknown, the master archer and swordsman, 
pursue giants, goblins, trolls and dragons all across the North Broadlands. Man after my own heart then. Perhaps the most famous of Zirigal's legends involves an iron scroll known as Zirigal's Path. According to legend, Zirigal, before his death, captured part of his spirit within the scroll. An object he left in the keeping of a secret brotherhood devoted to preserving his legacy. Zumwin, the illustrious but reclusive master adventurer Zumwin, now operates his famous battlegrounds on Iron Crown Isle and Barrowlock. Zumwin is an accomplished swordsman and a master in the magical art of gating. It is his mastery of gating that serves to create many of the challenges to be found in the battlegrounds. Zuwin dwells in a towering redstone keep that sits atop the highest of the hills that cover Iron Crown Isle. The keep has no formal name, and Zuwin simply refers to it only as the keep. Although the tall, broad-shouldered, grey-bearded adventurer is many years past his adventuring prime, he still possesses immense strength and would be a formidable opponent in any contest of arms. Zuwim's Battlegrounds, the penultimate entry. The Battlegrounds refers to a series of challenges designed and won by the famous but reclusive master adventurer Zuwim. In the courtyard of this red stone keep on Iron Crown Isle, the battlegrounds feature a ladder system for each of his challenges that rank the accomplishments of adventurers who have taken part. Although closed for many years, the battlegrounds have recently reopened. Zuwin, a master in the magical art of gating, has provided a portal from the town of Westmere on the western shores of Barrowlock to the remote location of his battlegrounds on Iron Crown Isle. And here it is, the last one, Zywalor. Uh, the collection of illustrious tales involving the legendary adventure and axeman Zywalor is perhaps second only to that of Tally's. Armed with this famous trio of enchanted wings and wielding his heavy double-bladed axe, the brave explorer long wandered the breadth of the North Broadlands, seeking adventure in some of the long forgotten corners of the world and beyond. Though Zywalor amassed a staggering fortune, great fame, and a trove of valuable treasures during his lifetime adventure, the mas master of the axe died in poverty and obscurity in the city of Zyar, Seir, on his 50th birthday believe that in the ten years prior to his passing, he scattered his most valuable pieces across the realms, hoping they would one day find their way into the hands of another adventurer. So that's it. That's all the lore book. Admittedly, there might be a few, few entries here and there that aren't on that list. And there will be more being made made in the future. But for now, that's every single bit of the law book has been weirded out. So, as for next time, uh, right, next time I will be going back to Zoop. And I will be trying out, trying out the Grim Proposal, the Grim Proposal saga. But this time, I won't, I won't side with the League of Assassins, and I won't just kill everyone they, everyone that gets put in front of me. Instead, I will side myself with the Black Rit, who, wow, got quite grey morality. 
or at least not the purest black that you'd get if you end up working with the dyer. And anyway, until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.